an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Hey, hey, you all thought that we were fucking done. Like middle end of last season, there's no ass bros. Our loyal five listeners, Darren, they're fucking messaging me, all five of them. They're messaging me, when are you back? What's happened? Are you dead? Who's died? And Darren nearly died. He was nearly dead. He got the dreaded C, the dreaded C-bomb, and not the cunt word, the other dreaded C-bomb. But like Mikel Arteta, Darren, you are like a phoenix. And no matter how much people wish you were fucking dead, wish you would just fuck off, you won't fuck off. And because of that, we are back. We're back for another season of the Aspros. We're here and we're fucking committed. Darren, a, a word, a word of how your how the last three months has been, the six months, how you're feeling in general. It's been, yeah, I must say that details of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> now you're right. We did stop rather suddenly, didn't we? Mid-season. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just worried. My wife just walked past. Those of you regulars to the show, my my Liverpool supporting wife, with the um, the part time supporter with the full time mouth is in the room. <laughs> she's leaving <laughs> me now because she's just given me the finger and uh, has left the room. No, no. Um, uh, it, you know, I, I did get suddenly. February was a strange month. After six months of trying to get into the. Uh, the house system here to uh, find out something slightly wrong with me. Felt slightly something. There was something slightly wrong with me, like my words. Uh, yeah, there was. Uh, there was just the the. I got one of those uh, those calls to say there's something a little bit unusual, but don't worry. Ninety five percent of the time it's fine. <laughs> so you go and see a consultant. You think, oh, well, they're going to tell me you're wasting our time. Everything's fine, and they did. They said, right, we need to operate very, very quickly, and they did. So uh, we had to stop the podcast. They took out one of my lungs or half of one anyway. Uh, uh, that was fun, but uh, and then of course a couple of and they told me I'm so tough. You know, I am so tough. Said, you are tough, Darren. You're known said, for uh, your toughness. Can I just add some personal note to this? You may, those of you looking at the video of this, can see that there's a swimming pool behind me. This is my new house. My wife and I bought this fabulous house in Spain, which we were open as a B and B, you know, a guest house. This was going to be a small hotel, and of course, two weeks before we signed the papers, this is when I get the news that I've got lung cancer, advanced lung cancer. Not even all oh, we've caught it early. We're talking fucking stage three, advanced with a secondary in the lymphatic system. That is a death sentence in anybody's book i mean that's just the way you know fuck i'm dead so uh you start to i already we, we changed the papers to put the house in my wife's name <laughs> we were this is it and we had to make the decision whether we moved or not i was i had surgery and then they told me this is where i say i'm tough they told me i'd be able to drive a car between six to eight weeks after the operation and only short distances well 10 days after surgery i drove to spain from my from my old house in the UK, so so uh, I've been recovering. I've had chemotherapy, kept me hair, not bad. You did keep your hair. Uh, Thirty sessions of radiotherapy and still going strong. So yeah, I'm all I'm I'm not all fixed, but um, I'm certainly uh, uh, 
my my plan has always been let me make one statement those of you who missed my positivity over the last six months this is my statement i have decided to live you're listening max i have decided to live until arsenal win the champions league twice okay that's the plan so basically darren's gonna live fucking forever it's gonna be like blade runner flying cars cyborgs but darren's gonna be alive I'm just picturing, Darren, what I'm picturing is that you're dead, right? <laughs> Except somehow they've managed to extract your fucking brain, right? They've taken your brain and your brain's in a jar and they've just got a picture of you on the jar, right? And you, you're just going to stay alive. And I'm also picturing, like, I think it was RoboCop. I want to go into, like, 1986 here. RoboCop, it was just his brain and his eyeballs, right? And they kept doing, like, point of view from the eyeballs. That's what it's going to be like. But uh, well, oh, oh, well, I couldn't say jokes, I'm going to live jokes to see. Aside, Darren, I, I couldn't say I was going to live to, j- in case I, until Arsenal win the Champions League because at the time we were in the top four. I thought we're only fucking going to get in the Champions League, and then Arteta, if we go and win it, that means I've only got one year. So I didn't want yeah, to be negative. Cash your fucking and ticket, and say, then you're done. I'd have to say we'd have to win it twice. So, uh, so maybe I've got two years. I'm that positive. <laughs> well, all jokes aside, Darren, you know it's lovely to be back. It's lovely to see your big smiling head. And I know the road is a uh, is long, and we're not past the, the the big bumps yet. But the big major bumps are done. In case anyone was wondering, you know, people had sent Darren text messages of love, text messages of care, and I would send Darren text messages saying. I just punched myself in the bollocks removing a hose from underneath the fridge and had to lie down upstairs because I was so sick. Um, so I hope... <laughs> you did keep me going. You did keep me going in those moments. <laughs> it was very, it was a very bad, very bad punch to the testicles, Darren. If anyone has ever punched themselves, I, I, I'd like to put it out there. Has anyone ever punched themselves in the testicles? And I don't mean... Because like you can't actually... Like hurt yourself. Have you ever tried to punch yourself in the face? I've tried to punch myself in the face. It doesn't fucking work, right? But to actually maim yourself, like to punch yourself so hard in the nuts that you're violently ill, Darren, it's a, it's an experience. And Darren, you know what else is an experience? What else? Being is a fucking experience? Arsenal fan. Being an Arsenal fan is an experience, Darren. It's an experience in. I guess it's it's multifaceted and it's multidimensional, Darren. I personally fucking thoroughly enjoyed the end of the season. I didn't open up Twitter. I didn't comment on anything. I didn't buy into any of the transfer windows. I didn't watch a minute, Darren, a minute of preseason of any preseason game because I call it like Chubarakpom syndrome. Right, you know, I remember when we went on the first big tour to America and Chubrak, and I was like, Chubrak Prom is fucking Omri. And he wasn't Omri, he was fucking Henry. And he was shit, and now he plays in fucking Greece. So I didn't want to get carried away. And I saw the internet getting carried away, and, you know, Gabriel Jesus, people getting carried away, Darren. And I went into the first game, Darren, I went to the game against Crystal Palace with a really uh, buoyant clean mind about Arsenal and what my expectations of Arsenal were this season. And I fucking opened up Twitter after the game. And the first comment I saw was this guy saying, see, I told you, no fucking plan. Couldn't even put Palace away. Needed known goal. And I thought to myself, 
Darren, I wonder what's going to happen to these quotation mark fans when we make top four and when Arteta becomes, you know, this this incredibly high-level top-tier manager. Will they just stop fucking supporting Arsenal or will they just shut the fuck up and go quiet? Uh, I... I... Do you know, we share a similar experience, a similar experience, but not quite, because I I certainly didn't do the transfer window, and I certainly didn't do Twitter, um, and I didn't watch any of the pre-season games live until the San Etienne game, the Sevilla game. The Sevilla game Sorry, you're saying with me, I watched the Sevilla game. That was yeah. the only game that I watched. But I will say, when we signed Gabriel Jesus, Within an hour of that signing being made official, because you know we were, we were we had to wait a week. Within an hour of that signing being made, I put twenty of my good old English pounds on him to win the golden boot because I love him so much already. Uh, he reminds me of Ian Wright, and I was lucky enough to watch a lot of Ian Wright, and he is that sort of player. And I can see lots of similarities. I'm look, obviously he's, he's only played a couple. I've only watched him play a couple of times, but he is that impish little player that's going to get on your nerves but has got something something of quality about him that can finish from anywhere and I think he is going to be a superstar so I really like that but I'm the same as you so I I only watched Seville Sevilla game and then watched the Palace game and it was a little bit too much like old Arsenal to enjoy it you know we go one nil up and then we spend an hour hanging on it feels like and it wasn't you know it wasn't as quite as desperate as that but it wasn't an enjoyable. Let's get three nil goals up and and showboat for an hour. But I did the same. I'm I'm still good friends with a lot of uh, Indian Arsenal supporters from my time in the India Arsenal Supporters Club, and I'm on an Arsenal India um, WhatsApp group called Arsenal Family, and I've been in there like I do quite often before we did this podcast just to see what the mood is. And the first thing I saw was the same, was um, Jesus or Jesus. What was what's all the fuss about? He didn't play well at all. Uh, Erdegaard, rubbish, making captain. Uh, do you know? And this is oh, uh, uh, what's what's our new left back called? I'm going to struggle because I want to call him Zinchenko. Zinchenko. I'm going to call him Kalasinac all the time. Zinchenko. Zinch- I'm going to be even worse. My head has gone. These drugs I've been on for for six months have <laughs> maybe gave it space. But Zinchenko. And then there's the um, chemotherapy. Yeah, when they needed to prescribe you anything for the fucking for the nausea, you would have said, "I'm fucking way ahead of you, Doc." Zinchenko said that about Zinchenko. This comment, this was a row of comments saying, "Zinchenko, what a waste of time! Thank God Tierney is going to be fit soon. He's terrible." Do you know? And I'm watching another one said, "Ben White, what a terrible performance." I mean, he said. You know, I'm watching these and I'm thinking, when are you ever going to enjoy being an Arsenal fan? Because at the moment, this is the most enjoyable time we've had being Arsenal fans for I about would, I, a decade. I wish Arsenal fans who were fucking complaining now, I wish I could put them in a time machine, Darren, and even take them back to, Toby and I were talking about this the other day, even take them back to some of those seasons when we were just scraping forth, just scraping forth. And we were miserable. We were miserable. We didn't like any of the players in the team. We were fielding the least amount of English players in history. We weren't bringing anyone through the club. We were losing 
every time we bought through a player who was good, we would lose the player out the door. We were, you know, it, it, if you can't be enjoying what we're doing at the moment, purely for the fact, Darren, that I get to turn on Arsenal and I get to see names that have come through, that, that have come through the youth system that are purely Arsenal. You know, I get to see Sackers and ESRs and Nikettias and, and guys like this coming through. It just makes it really enjoyable for me, I guess, from a, a club perspective, not a winning perspective, if you get what I mean. Because the thing that always really kind of made Arsenal Arsenal was this statement, and I, I remember I used to have it on, on my computer. It says, at Arsenal, we build legends, we don't buy them. And I feel like that's all been lost and we're sort of bringing that back more and more now. You know, we got Martinelli when he was nothing. We built him. You know, it reminds me of Fabregas. You know, we got him when he was nothing. We built him. He was our captain. ESR through the the youth system. Saka through the youth system. You know, you even the guys who don't make it, you know, your Reese Nelsons, you know, your Eddie Nketiahs, your Joe Willocks, like all of these guys. I mean, I even enjoyed turning on Everton and watching Alex Awobi just fucking dominate out of a number 10 position. Because to me, if you came through the youth system and if you put the Arsenal jersey on, you're kind of Arsenal for me for life. And that's the bit about the club that I that I love. I don't know if you sort of get what I mean. Mate, so much. I, as I say, I don't think that I've been happier watching Arsenal for about, it's at least 10 years. This is the happiest I've been. And, you know, this is where my naivety is. My naivety is that I couldn't work out. I was looking at that team and the subs bench thinking, isn't it going to be a strange year this year? Because there's no one divisive in that side that people are going to hate. There's no Alexis Sanchez. There's no Mesut Ozil. You know, these players, that uh, there's no Aubameyang. There's no Lacazette. There's, you know, throughout the team for the last, for, for as long as I can remember, there are players that people really didn't like. And I looked through that team thinking every one of these has either come through the youth or hasn't come here on big money, hasn't come here as a glory hunter, hasn't come here as the superstar. And every one of those players is fighting and working hard. He's not strolling around the pitch. I'm thinking, you know, we didn't and we didn't make the game easy. And I understand that there's things about the team that aren't quite right yet. But I couldn't understand that there'd be a single player out there that people would go, oh, is shit. And yet there was. There was a trade of abuse. I'm thinking, just enjoy this. We're Arsenal. We've gone away from home to a team that beat us 3-0 last year. I think people forget, Darren, that there's two fucking teams playing. I mean, Arsenal aren't playing a ball. There's two teams playing. And both teams have goals for the season and priorities for the season. And it's the first game for both teams. And there's new players in both teams. You know, and there's... It, it just seems incredible to me that people almost get this mentality like, oh, somehow you're meant to move Ben White to right back. I know he played there in pre-season. Just people fucking jump down my throat because they're cunts. You know, but, you know, Ben White moved to, to right back. Saliba making his debut for Arsenal. Zinchenko making his debut for Arsenal. Jesus making his debut for fucking Arsenal. You know, and somehow people think that this, that pre-season and playing, you know, uh, teams who are underfit and 
not playing 100% and really playing to get fitness and to get air into the lungs, they think somehow this is just going to be translated into this 3-0 and this 4-0. And I think <laughs> even going out there and even just winning, Darren, even just walking away with the fucking win, you know, you if remember, you take us back to last season, we couldn't even say, fucking do that. Well, I say it's only about five or six games ago that they beat us 3-0 and played us off the park. You know, it, it's, it's actually all the time that they, you know, it's what was it, four or five games before the end of the season? They beat us 3-0. We didn't get a look in. And suddenly, you're, I mean, you mentioned Saliba. Um, the club's getting criticism now for not bringing him back sooner. You know, if he had joined Arsenal in that miserable bunch where he's got Mustafi and Mari and, and all of these players ahead of him, um, he would have lost faith in this club and wanted to leave. At least, you know, he's come kind of almost as a as, as a wonderful new signing. You know, he looks mm. solid. Give him some time to get used to it, you know, as well. He had a good game um, and it was Crystal Palace. Let's see how he oh, does. Oh, but don't we love him. doing this, Darren? We get, one, we get one fucking game from the guy. He gets given man of the match because he's a shiny new toy. Right? He's a shiny new toy and he's big and he's strong and he's athletic and he does all the good things. And now you feel like all we're going to do is just wait for him to fuck up. And then you're just yeah, going to have yeah, the yeah. same division. And it's going to be either I support Saliba 100% or fuck Saliba, you shit, and he watches his mates jerk off next to him and films it. That's going to be the fucking – that's going to be the, the ongoing narrative. Now, you know, I thought um, – I'll tell you one thing I thought was really funny, Darren. Call me fucking racist. Call me racist if you want. It's not a racist comment. Ah, fuck it. I don't care if it is. Anyway, I like when Crystal Palace's team sheet came out and there was one fucking white cunt. I think his name was Anderson. He was the centre-back. So there's one white cunt and there's fucking 10 black folks. And I was thinking, fuck, I bet you that cunt wears his undies in the shower because he's fucking walking around with these great big fucking hammers (laughs) fucking slapping into each other. This poor white cunt with his tiny fucking cock in the shower. (laughs) One fucking guy. I, I first, first thing I first thing I fucking saw. I thought, turn the lights <laughs> off. He's the only cunt you'll be able to see. Just him and fucking ten smiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but Saliba, you know, doesn't that feel like you know, a great new signing? Now it's not another kid we've got to go through all that. And you're you're so right. He will make mistakes. And I just I just don't understand. I, we're back to the same point, and I think we should move on from this. But I just don't understand some people. This is the time to enjoy watching Arsenal Football Club. I'm going to the stadium next week. I'm uh, going back to start some new treatment next week, um, and I, you know, luckily I've arranged it. Or it happens to be that Arsenal are at home, so I've kept my season tickets. I'm going to Arsenal. The people in the in the stadium last year, and I'm sure the same this year, were really behind that crowd. Yeah, we were behind the team. They really, really were. They it was it was terrible two years ago. It was awful three years ago. It was abominable four years ago in the, the Wenger in and out bit. Now, for the first time, the crowd are behind. And Arteta keeps mentioning it, but it is something special happening there because we look at those players on the pitch and they're all fighting for the badge. And I haven't seen that for many, 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 many years. And I'm you know, it, it's a good time to support Arsenal. Go on, say something. Give well, me it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a continuation from last year for me. You know, I know we ran out of steam. I know we ran out of steam. But, you know, I, I think, and the listeners have to forgive me because I'm a university guy now, Darren. I'm a university guy. I'm a third of the way through my master's. And wow. 
I've just I've just gone through this big long unit of like strategic operations management, and there's this model. Just fucking bear with me for a second. There's this model, right? right that you use called fit, right? And imagine it's like a, a two vector graph, and you've got a diagonal line, right? And the line of fit takes you through the four stages of developing operations. Stage one is in, when you're in a break fix model. Stage two is when you come up to the level of everyone around you. Stage three is when you become an industry leader and stage four is when you start to change the game and everyone follows you. And I feel for years, Darren, we were in a, a, a break-fix model. I think club like Man you are in a break-fix model, like stage one. Break-fix is when you're making decisions that are for right now rather than making decisions that are going to get you to the next stage, right? And I feel at the end of last season if we go back to the January transfer window when we didn't sign everyone and everyone said, this is going to come back and it's going to bite us in the ass and we're not going to get top four and it's not going to happen. I, bear with me again for a second because I see that as if we were to have gone and made some of those, those signings that people wanted and paid the massive money, it wasn't that those signings may not have delivered us what we wanted, but the long-term aspiration to become people, to become a club who others follow and to become a club who are trendsetters and to become a top club again, which we have been before, right, where people copied us and people wanted our players and wanted our manager. For us to do that, I feel like we had to break the cycle of being a break-fix model and decisions had to be made to say, even though it might not happen this year, the aspiration is and has always been that in three years we're going to be winning the Champions League. And that's why we didn't make Champions League last year. And I feel that's why we're in the position we're in this year. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I also think it sort of, I mean, I do. I actually really, really agree with you. We, it's a bit annoying, this podcast so far, because we. I like to argue with you because you're a bit of a cunt. But um, actually, I, I agree with everything that you've said. And even more so, I think if we had qualified for the Champions League, I know this sounds almost strange, but we may not have attracted the right sort of players. <laughs> you know, mm, because, because we, we would have had to go and put it. the shopping cart in, and we would have had to fucking panic buy. Yeah, and, because and yet, God, God forbid, now, Arsenal gets into the Champions League, gets kicked out in their group stage, and then is don't fucked. Don't you feel like we're, this is a strange thing to say, maybe? Because don't you feel like we're progressing? But it's almost like I don't care at the moment. I'm enjoying watching this team more than I have done for a decade. And that's almost enough. You know, the results, I think, will take care of themselves because this is a good young side that's going to get better. And, of course, you know, football is football. If we lose a game of football, it ruins my week. So I'm, I'm talking here very much that we're we're one game in and we've won. <laughs> you know, we've got a game at the weekend which I think we will win. Uh, and so I'm really, really happy. And, you know, put together a string of four or five defeats and I might change my rosy outlook. But I am looking mm. forward to turning on the television or entering that stadium to watch this football team. I'm really, you know, Darren, I can't enjoy. see it. I I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening this season. I can't see well, there well, being some. Champions League, I, I I can't see there being some. You know, fall off the precipice. Five or six games lost in a row. I, I can't no. see it happening. We've strengthened. We've improved. We, we're stronger in most positions. You know, the, yes, there's two positions that all of us would still like to fill. I think all of us would still like to see a left-sided number eight that can either 
challenge Xhaka isn't, or put Xhaka on the bench. Be, haven't you? You must have heard, like I have, the the um, the rave reviews of uh, Vieira that we've bought. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I look. I looked him up. Look, I'm not going to test that. I fucking knew who he was before we were into him. But I looked him up, and he reminded me of like a, a bit of a Rosicky style player, like lightweight, up tempo. And I don't know that that's a Xhaka replacement for what Xhaka does. I thought Xhaka played really fucking well against Palace. And anyone who knows me knows that I don't very lightly throw praise Xhaka's way. I, I've had my issues with him over the years. And I've always hasn't said Xhaka, that if... Hasn't Xhaka had to up his game because the quality around him is... is yeah, but I said, this, I said this um, earlier in the year to someone, Darren. I said... We are now going to see, now that you've got Jesus in front of Xhaka, we are now going to see um, whether Xhaka is not great because of he's the sum of his parts around him, if you get what I mean, or if Xhaka's yeah. just not fight, He's going to get exposed. If everyone around him is good, he's fucking going to get exposed and he's going to get exposed fast. Hey, uh, listeners, just so you know, massively I have fucked up and my computer charger is broken <laughs> and my fucking computer has about 6% left on it. So when this thing fucking turns off, when, when this thing, we're going to try to get through half an hour, but when this thing turns off, that is why it turned off. And there will be no exit music. There will be no signing off. It's currently telling 10 me. fucking months. So how long have I been ill? I've had fucking chemotherapy, fucking lung surgery, radiotherapy yep. every day for six weeks, and you've got to fucking charge your fucking computer up. That's all yep. you have and to the, do. And the, and, the char- and the charger broke today. And I didn't think it mattered because I was going to be in the office, and then Victoria came home and kicked me out of the office, which is why I'm in the fucking kitchen. Um, but regardless, we're going to power through. And if it all turns off, Darren, it fucking turned off. Just end the broadcast and no, fuck so you, I everyone. Think, let's get back. I think Jacker will be the odd one out. I think Jacker, depending on what happens with Thomas Party this year, um, I think Jacker could be the one that will miss out. The, there was an off-the-hand comment by Edu that I heard via a journalist that I sort of trust that said when he was asked about what does it feel like getting someone like Gabriel Jesus to join Arsenal? Is he not the best signing the club's made for for years? And he just looked at the reporter and said, you haven't seen Vieira yet. Um, and when, mm. you know, Edu does like the sound of his own voice, but when somebody like him is so excited and proud of, of, a, of a decision that he's made, that I think that that, you know, that could be the left eight that you're talking about. You know, I mean, there's lots of interchangeable players there. And I know, yeah, and you know, I still, I still stand. He likes to play as a number ten. He likes to play on the wing. He likes to do that. It's an option. We've got a lot of interchangeable players up there. I still stand by the fact that I think as Erdegaard can play a right-sided midfield position, I still believe that ESR can convert and become slightly more of a Wilshire-esque player. I mean, don't forget, don't forget, Ramsey played. Ramsey started off further forward and left-sided midfield. And why are you saying that? Uh, I just I just think that a lot of the options that we have in different places are all unproven. And if Don't you think you want, Tiedemans will join us before the end of the I, transfer window as well? I, I, I think that they want $60 million for Tielemans. I think we want to pay $40 million for Tielemans. And I think if they don't sell Tielemans, he goes on a free next year. So yeah. I think it's just going to be one of those really protracted situations, Darren, where it's like, 
we want this, you want that, no one else fucking wants him, will you come up 10 million or will it be like a last day signing and we do a few bits and pieces? And to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I sort of take people back to like Ryan Madison last year. You know, everyone was like, oh, we've got to fucking sign Ryan Madison. How could we not sign Ryan Madison? Madison. Have I got the fucking name wrong? Is that other cunt from fucking Leicester with the flash His haircut? Is it Ryan? No, wrong, is it? no he, it's... Um... Oh, fucked up. I think I'm, I'm mixing <laughs> up rugby. Now I can't think of anyone but Ryan Madison. I've I think I'm mixing up. I think I'm mixing up rugby league players. But anyway, like you know, you get so tunnel visioned on a player, and it sort of um some of these players coming out of Leicester, Darren. It quite reminds me of. Uh, do you remember the the Pochettino Southampton team? And every player who came out of that Southampton team just wasn't actually that good. They were really good within. Pochettino's Southampton system. And I have fears about Leicester players like that. You know, it's a very specific system with Vardy up front. They play a very specific way and they've always played this certain way. And it's not like Leicester have been pulling up trees. You know, I, I would be fearful that going and spending really big money on Tillemans that, that we could end up with someone who is, again, you know, if I paid 30 million pounds for him, I'd say it's a fucking great signing regardless but if you pay fifty million pounds for him or sixty million pounds for him, th- that's money where you expect someone to come in and be starting. You know, not someone to come in on a yeah, on a on a whim or on a hope. I just, I just thought that he was a first choice for us, and the very fact that it went very quiet is that there was, it was. Uh, oh, we finished. <laughs> Max has just disappeared, so I think that might well be the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep waffling on. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> well, on this note, I think it's done. So, Ryan Madison, eat your heart out. And we'll see you all next week. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs>
Well, fuck. I'm back. I'm just waiting for Darren. If you're still listening, I'm literally just waiting for Darren. I fucked up. My computer went flat. Uh, people have probably stopped listening. You're on mute, Max. Really, it's that whole time I was talking at the screen about how I oh, fucked up. Anyway, Darren put a phone charger in the computer. I looked at the computer, Darren. <laughs> I thought, and like, I thought, oh, I know that hole. I think the same things about my wife. But I thought, I know that hole, and I fucking know what goes in that hole. Again, things I've said to my wife. So I went and got a fucking phone charger, Darren, and I plugged the phone charger into the hole that I know because I know this hole and it fucking turned on. And it's about going and edit this big gap, though. No, nah, probably not. And people will just fucking turn off as soon yes, as they. they oh, they will. might not because they might yeah, be like, they oh, will. they fucking. No, but they'll see on the bottom, Darren. They'll be like, oh, there's another fucking 20 minutes of this. Maybe we should like, sure. call this episode. After 28 minutes, stick with it because it starts again. Yeah, it just turns it just turns off for two minutes and then it's all right. <laughs> I was talking for a while, but I don't think that helped. <laughs> um, I can't even fucking remember what we're talking about, but I'm happy we're that I'm Granite Jacker, Vieira, and uh, and, uh, and we're talking about Tillemans, Tillemans and people coming and in. Yeah. Ryan Madison. Although Ryan the episode Madison. Has did to we be work out Ryan... what his name was? The episode has to be called Ryan Madison. Is it not Ryan? Can you just bear with me a second? I'm sorry. I just have to leave you 30 seconds. Excuse me. No, that's okay. I can keep talking. So, you know, if it's not Ryan Madison, then who is it? And if anyone's still listening to us, tell me. I'm sure I could fucking Google it, but I don't really care. What else is interesting? Um, Gunas, v, Gunas v Cancer, the 24-hour podcast. I was on that with Magic Mike the other week. If you haven't heard it, it's fantastic. I think our segment ends up being the seventh, the 14th and the 15th hour. It's me, Big Steve, uh, Mike Herds, uh, Fergus jumps on there as well for a period of time. I'm sure I've fucking forgotten someone. Magic Mike was on there and his mate Gabby. Um, really good podcast. Jump on it. it. was the first one I did for the year. I probably said a lot of the more similar stuff to what I'm fucking saying now, but Were you on another it podcast? Is. It's what you've been telling people, yeah? I went on that. Uh, I was on the, well, funnily enough, Darren, I was on the Gunas V Cancer podcast, Magic Mike's podcast, where he, he, he gets money. He, he gets money for... James he gets Madison. Money for, James, I fucking told you. Told you his name was Ryan. Uh, he makes money for leukemia. So you're fucked, Darren. You're not getting any of it because he clearly doesn't give a fuck about, about self-fucking-caused lung cancer. But, you know, if you've got leukemia or if you know someone who's got leukemia, it's a good podcast. He raises lots of money. He gave away some good stuff. Uh, Darren, just to fucking ramble. I'm out of practice. Uh, just to finish off on the, the Xhaka stuff, Darren, just quickly. Like I think I was saying, I think it's going to be very interesting to see Xhaka in a team that theoretically is getting close to completion. Because in a team, if you look at a player like Jordan Henderson, I was talking to my mate Fergus, mad Liverpool supporter about this. Jordan Henderson in any team that is not apex is a fucking average player. 
But Jordan Henderson doing a very select job in a team with his very select skills is a very important element of that Liverpool team. And there is a possibility that Xhaka could end up doing the same because you do not need, it is a fallacy, Darren, that you need 11 superstars. You need bits of pixie dust all over the place and you need some cunts, Darren, just to do their fucking job and not fuck up. Now, if Shaka can just not fuck up, which history tells us that he is not particularly capable of not fucking up for an entire season, he will fuck up. But if he can minimize his fuck-ups or at least have his fuck-ups in less high-profile games and less high-profile moments, we could be in a position where we sort of come through this season looking at it saying, well, maybe we don't need a replacement and maybe that £60 million or that £50 million is better used elsewhere. I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, one, just to touch on something you said there, which I agree with. Oh, I stopped wanting to agree with it. Jesus, why am I agreeing with you? Um, you, know, you know, the Brighton manager, um, Ryan Potter, uh, he is not... Oh, Ryan Potter, you fucking cunt. It's Mick Potter. Even I know that. Wait, it's is Graham it Mick Potter? Potter? It's Graham oh. Potter. <laughs> fucking hell. You've caught my disease. Oh, this is going to be a long season. I need to um, go have a fucking he, lung he scan. That, yeah, I think I've got he, brain cancer. He, he's just lost two of his best players, the left back to 60 million to Chelsea and Bissouma for 25 million or whatever to Tottenham. And he was asked at the end after beating Manchester United 2 1, you know, um, is it tough losing those players? And he said exactly what you said. He said, it is tough losing players, but it's about a team and he said and and the team is always greater than those individuals would always be able to do without an individual just thought it was good um another thing that edu said which i really liked and i don't know if you caught this edu uh, likes the sound of his own voice he could come on this podcast and give us a run for our money he's uh he likes to do interviews you know and he's very casual about it. he's done lots this time one of the things i really liked what he said and you Arsenal supporters listening who think, oh, we've got to spend 100 million on a player and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. He said he went to Germany this year and he was interviewing a player or, or he had a meeting with a player and his agent. And he said that, and I might be paraphrasing this, he, he might have been using it as an example. It may not have been an accurate place. But what he said was he was selling the Arsenal plan. He was selling the Arsenal um you know, future, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to recruit this players, these this age, we're going to be the best team in two, three years' time. And he he said that everything he tried to say about this project, the agent kept saying, but how much are you going to pay us? How much are you going to pay us? And he said after about the third time, he stopped me and said, but how much are you going to play us? pay us? He said, I stopped the interview there and then shook the hand, said, thank you, you're not the right player for, for this club. And I think that's what, what we've got at the moment, is we haven't got players who are just coming because it's Arsenal, they want to earn a lot of money. And we've had a lot of that over the last 10 years. You know, from the Williams, the Luises, the Ozil's, the mm. Alexis Sanchez, all of the, a lot of these players joined Arsenal Football Club who were in decline because they could see a big payday. And we were stuck mm. with those, and we've been paying those players off for years. We even people who, even people who are desperate to see the end of Pepe, to an extent. Yeah, you know, like someone was saying the other day, oh, we need to get Pepe off the books so we can buy this other bloke from France from a similar team who has yeah, a similar set of attributes. Money. And yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, so it's not like someone was saying, oh, we've got to get rid of Pepe. And we're going to go get 
Leroy Sane. Because then I would be like, okay, established fucking player who's going to play. And, and in that argument, I'd say, well, what's he going to do? Fucking play over Saka and you're going to park him on the bench. You know, yeah. but it, just the mentality of saying I need to get rid of this 80 million pound player to go roll the dice on another 60 million pound player. And I thought, well, if you're talking about selling Pepe for 20 million pound, we've got Europa this year. We've got early rounds of Europa. Pepe is completely capable, more than capable. I mean, it was an FA Cup hero. Don't forget, a couple of his games in the FA Cup, the goddess, they're phenomenal. Can I think I, he's I, probably I mean, the most pure striker of a ball that I've seen at Arsenal for a very long time. And so when he fucking laces one, he laces one. Matthew, Mohamed El Nenny, or Ryan El Nenny, as you probably know him as. Pre-season strike in Germany. Wow, he strikes a ball, my man El Nenny. Um, I just, <laughs> so you can't, the pure striker. Can I just say on Pepe? Something I heard again, it was on Instagram, I think. Um, not that I uh, do anything on Instagram, but it was quoted. Pepe said in pre-season this year, worked really hard during the summer. I um, really believe in this and I'm going to try and get my place back. It was something like that. So, you know, we haven't got a player there. You know, if we said it, you said 20 million. I'm not hearing 20 million being shouted for by anybody. You know, if we could get 20 million, but... We've got two years left on his contract, I guess. So let's not panic too much. Let him, as you say, play in the Europa League. And, you know, when he's, it's only because he isn't very good at defending. Going forward, he's not bad, you know. Scores a lot of goals, sets up a lot of goals. So I, I and I pay money to go and watch Pepe. I think and against fucking, against fucking Belarus, Uzbekistan, Stalin, Blue, he's fucking fine. He doesn't need to defend. You know, he can go out there and score a bunch of goals and do whatever the fuck he wants. And then manager <laughs> Ryan Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone this season's going to be, everyone this season is going to be, is going to be Ryan. <laughs> oh, I've just realised we've had loads of comments in as well. I haven't got my glasses on and I had the wrong screen. No, nah, they're almost all from Ryan from Mr. Arsenal podcast saying, fuck, Ryan's a good name. <laughs> Good to have Russell back, um, Humbo Gumble back. You know, we're almost up to all five of our, our regular listeners. Also, in case anyone's listening to this and they're like, why um, didn't this go out on Facebook? I've been banned from Facebook again by okay. Facebook for a, abusive comments of some sort. There's a particular politician over here in Victoria. His name's Daniel Andrews. He's a fucking communist. He's a fucking socialist fucking communist and i like to tell him on every single one of his posts that he puts up that he's a fucking communist and he's a fucking socialist and if i think i said something along the lines of i hope someone fucking shoots you because if you get re-elected we'll all fucking shoot ourselves and anyway i got a 60-day ban on facebook 60 days uh, apparently that's hate speech darren apparently you're not allowed to fucking do that you, you can't tell a politician that you hope someone fucking does a JFK on him and fucking kills him. But anyway, I hope you're listening, Dan Andrews. You're a fucking cunt and you're a communist and you're a socialist. Fuck you. Is Moving on. Nah, nah, he's a cunt. He would never fucking I kick a ball in his fucking line. He's a slopey fucking shouldered fucking communist. You know, we have enough of you talking about rugby league and other things we don't care about. Can we not talk about politicians that we don't care about? The majority of our audience is, 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 is not going to know this man and actually hopes now that he's going to get elected because it will make you miserable. 
it will make it will make me absolutely miserable. Um, just quickly, Darren. I mean, it would be remiss of us not to touch on 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 uh, Gabriel Jesus. Um, I can, can I guess I you know say his uh, name's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Because Jesus. I, he said it. He, he was one of the Arsenal things because the the Arsenal interviewer said, "How do we pronounce your name?" Because we're used to the Spanish sort of Jesus. Jesus. He pronounced it Jesus. Mm. So he, uh, it's it's actually Ryan Jesus. Ryan Jesus. I like it, Darren. Um, I'd be remiss of us not to, to watching him play in his first game, and I watched him against Sevilla. To me, he looked very similar to Lacazette, Darren, but with much more tempo. As in, he did a lot of Duracell batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like if you were watching Lacazette on fast forward, which to me made so much sense because Lacazette coming back into that team last year, really he was the catalyst for Erdegaard starting to play better and releasing Saka and and when ESR was playing and, and his assists. But he obviously just didn't have the tempo. He didn't have the fitness. Um, whereas, you know, notwithstanding the, the goals that Jesus scored in preseason, which were fantastic, but I don't believe the free preseason means anything. I'll see, I'll, I'll comment on it when he does it in the Premier League. But notwithstanding of that, it does make you feel that maybe not the most fanfare signing, but maybe the right signing at the right time and at the right price for Arsenal in this, this part of the journey. Might not be the guy for to get you up to that next really really high level, but for this next part of the journey over a three year period, yeah, I disagree. I think he's going to be <clears throat> the answer to all of our prayers. Uh, I like again another Edu comment that when he went to see Jesus, he, he uh, Ryan Jesus, he said that um, I don't want the Jesus from last season. I want the Jesus from two three seasons ago. This was a young kid that broke into the Brazil side at nineteen was going to be the next best thing. Manchester City signed him on the back that he was going to be the next best thing, but never quite turned out that way. He's now approaching his peak time as a striker. He's 25 years old, I think, the next five years. He's learned that. And you can see almost in what he's done so far in the three or four games he's played pre-season is that he has got his enthusiasm for football back again. You know, he is running all over the place. He's working hard. He's scoring goals for fun. Did you ever watch Ian Wright? I, know I mentioned it right at the start of this podcast. Did you would have been see... the would have been the first two years that I started following Arsenal. I think I would have been like twelve and thirteen. Uh, probably towards the end of his career, I guess. Um, yeah, Wrighty. yeah. Last couple, last couple of years, last couple you know, of years, really. Because Wrighty came to Arsenal very late. It's, you know, he, he started football at like twenty two or something ridiculous, and joined Arsenal when he was about twenty seven. You know, and he still became our all time leading record goal scorer in that short time that he was with Arsenal. He was so good. But he's, I just see with Jesus, there's lots of those Jesus. There's lots of those things that um, are very similar. They're, they're just that low centre of gravity, turn up, at, you know, in places, always at the right place at the right time, but also have a little bit of finesse about them. They don't panic in front of goal. They like to knock balls past goalkeepers, whether that's smashing it in or dinking it or putting it through their legs. 
I mean, Ian Wright against Peter Schmeichel. You know, those two hated each other. I think Jesus has got a bit about him. I, just, I really do think he's the answer, and I think he I also think he's a, I also think he's a winner, Darren. I think there's something to be said when you buy people from winning cultures. You're buying Zinchenko from a winning culture. You're you're bringing in Arteta from a winning culture. You're buying Jesus from a winning culture. You know, these things they they add up on the training ground, and they add up in the way people prepare and the way the young boys look at them and say, well, how do you prepare and how do you become the best and how do you, you know, win win championships and win leagues and and the like. So overall, overall, Darren, you know, I watched the, the Palace game and I wasn't, much like many Arsenal fans, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I thought it was a, a, a pretty cruisy game. I thought we were in control. I thought we scored our goal and then we did the very Arsenal thing and we sort of took our foot off the gas, which was, you know, a worrying thing, but but first game in the season. I'll tell you one thing, Darren, I, I thought looking at that team, and it, I guess it's not surprising considering you had Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba, Ben White, Ramsdale, Party, and Xhaka. But I always remember Arsenal teams, great Arsenal teams of old. Those six or seven players that back always being big bastards, big fucking aggressive bastards. And for years we went away from that. We had Vermalins and Kashelnis and Mustafis and Bellerins and guys like that. And I, I must admit, when I watched the team, the, the 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 biggest thing that I got watching them against Crystal Palace was that I thought, "Fuck, we look big." You know, we look like a big team. Saka looks looks bigger. You know, even Martinelli looks looks bigger. But that back six players, back seven players, I just thought. That looks like a an, an Arsenal back seven of old. Did you not think um, who was the player that we missed out on? Uh, who chose Manchester United in the end um, from Ajax? Was he from Ajax? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, my memory, my my. Um, I know who you're talking about. We all know who you're talking about. Him. So but I thought was, he was. I thought he was short when we were going really from. Short. I was like, this I is another Man- fucking Manchester United, and I've got to say, yeah, I thought he had a very good game because I was watching him. Um, I did watch a lot of football on the weekend, but I watched Manchester United again. Couldn't understand why everyone's so surprised that Brighton beat them. Brighton beat them at the end of last season, 4-0, last home, their last home game of the season. United haven't done anything different. You know, they've got a new manager, but it's the same group of dysfunctional mm. players who all want to... Yeah, they're be, fucking cooked. ...who either went there for the money who or want to get out of there they don't like it any, there anymore and I watched that fellow that we missed out on and I thought he had a very very good game I think he's going to be a very very good player but he is tiny five foot nine centre half you know that's not going to work in the Premier League um, yeah you know, especially I, I, when you're coming up against big bastards like Haaland who I, well yeah I watched Haaland I, I watched Man City just so I could watch Haaland and I've got to say the player he most reminded me of is the player who I think that uh, I think my biggest regret that Arsenal didn't get is because I, I think he's maybe the second best striker I've ever seen in the Premiership, and that's he reminded me of Drogba, big, physical, dominant, hold up the ball, touch, score goals. You know, I, I thought that's a player like City have just bought a Premiership in a player for me. I, that, that's the way I look at that, and it's a he's a real throwback as well, which I. I enjoyed watching his real throwback to like away from these kind of like slight footed and, Oh, we're going to have wingers. We're going to have a striker sitting hole. It's like, no, I've got a big, ugly, aggressive fucking cunt up front. Who's going to score a lot of them. 
Sadly, I think you're right. You know, I mean, his goal scoring record is incredible. Uh, he's 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 not like he's going to struggle to to work in the Premier League because he is made for the Premier League. You know, he's he's exactly what you said, big, strong. It, it, it worries me because uh, look at, look at what the other teams are doing. City won the league last year um, and have improved. You know, they really improved their their squad with Haaland. Um, Liverpool. He looks bloody good as well. That was a bit scary. Chelsea are spending an absolute fortune. I think it's going to take them a while to to get all those pieces working together. Um, you know, it's again, it's it's just buying every you know, spending sixty million on fullbacks from Brighton, and you know, they it's nonsense. And they're still trying to buy Frankie De Jong, and they're they're in for everyone who's worth any money. It's almost like the, the people who have bought that club. Looked at it and think, right, the way to win this is to spend a fortune because that's what. Well, it's doing. the way they've always the way they've always done it, isn't it? So, so they're gonna, you know, they're scary, but I think they'll take they'll take a bit of time to, you know, for us to get there. Um, but I look at Tottenham the same. Tottenham have bought six players. Tottenham has spent the best part of hundred million. That Tottenham have bought Tottenham have bought depth. Tottenham have bought no one who changes the the outcome of their first team, but Tottenham have bought depth. And I can see a very real world where the top four this season is City, Liverpool, Tottenham and Arsenal. I can see a very real world where Chelsea and Man U both aren't there because I think Don't Chelsea... Don't Manchester have, United are even close, Max. I, my, my hot take, they said, they said at the end of this other podcast I did, what's your hot take for the season? And I said, Man U to finish lower than they finished last season. Mm -hmm. I said, I think they're fucking cooked. Like I do, genuinely... I yeah, I watched that game um, on the weekend because I actually I don't like Manchester United very much. I think it, you know they've been our rivals for many years of my time watching Arsenal. I mean, I don't like many of them, but I've never liked Manchester City since they spent the money. I don't like Chelsea. I despise Chelsea probably even more than Tottenham these days. I don't like Tottenham because they're Tottenham. Um, who did I start with? Sorry, <laughs> Manu. Manchester United are just you know, but I've watched them because I've got a really good mate who supports Manchester United, and he's the only reason I want them to win because he gets really upset like I do when Arsenal lose. But I watched them at the weekend, and they are dysfunctional. They've got a new manager who's looking; they haven't started from scratch. I looked at that team, and it's exactly the same team that was playing last year. They're still, you know, Rashford up front. There's still a goalkeeper who wants to leave. There's still a, a, a left back in Luke Shaw who looks like after he goes on the Atkin diet for a six months he might be a decent player Do you know that there, there was Ronaldo sitting on the bench looking at the camera frowning there wasn't nothing in that team that made me think that that manager can do anything he if he is any sort of manager will take two three four transfer windows to be mm. able to get rid of the players that he I look at I look at trajectories Darren and the way I look at it is I don't think that we are on the City and Liverpool trajectory yet so i don't really look at it and say oh you know you see arsenal fans talking about oh we want to win the league we want to win the league like i said long-term planning is to win the league but you like driving a car one has to go through the gears to be able to hit maximum speed we can't just go from second to fifth and expect that we're we're going to hit the fucking power band and rocket but i do see us <clears throat> For me, a real aim this season, Darren. I've got certain, I've got certain things I need to hit. And do you know what? If we don't get top four, it is not the fucking end of the world for me, because there are very competitive teams, all spending a lot of money, and I feel like 
whoever isn't smashed by injuries, I think Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea are all relatively, relatively close with what they've done. And I think if Arsenal makes two more signings, we almost go to the top of that that pile as well of those three teams. But I think it's all I, much I, of the muchness. You know, I mean, the, the thing is... is I, I don't think we'll sign anyone else this window. Can I just say that? I don't yeah. think we'll sign anyone else this window. I think there'll be a last-minute one. I think if something like Tiedemann, we've said to someone like him, just, look, we're not going to do this till the last day. Um, and this is, you know, we'll wait for, for Leicester to crack. That's the deal. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I really think the fact there was so much interest, we've made a firm offer, it was rejected, and there was so much difference between the two valuations. I think we've walked away, but they're probably got they've got an unhappy player on their their hands now. So mm. I think that is, and he's got one year left on his contract. So I think that is one that that will come back on the table. Not sure, but I'm quite happy now. I think there's a really good team spirit, and we've got depth. Um, I mean, I agree that if we don't finish in the top four, it isn't the end of the world. But it is the first podcast of the season. Where, you know, last year you didn't think we'd finish in the top four and I said we mm. would finish fourth. I think you had said we'd be lucky to finish in the top six and I was saying fourth. Well, we finished fifth, so let's say that I was right and you were wrong. Um, it's very true. It's very true, Darren. I think there's even a podcast entitled that, if you go back through it, where we gave you your dues. But, you know, if you want to pull your fucking cock out and self-flagellate live, you know, you go for it. Um, Darren, third, fourth or fifth for Arsenal? I second. don't think we come. I don't think we're coming first or second, but third, second. fourth, or fifth. Genuinely, second. so you think we're a better team than Liverpool? I, uh, I am hoping. No, no. I mean, realistically, I think the best we can probably hope for this season is third. However, I am hoping after watching a very flat Liverpool performance at the weekend, they're a little bit stale. The new striker looks very good. Um, but Salah's been there. He's just signed a new five-year deal for loads of stupid money. Stupid fucking, stupid fucking deal for Liverpool. I, I, Made no sense. Made see. no sense. I just think, you know, there's a lot of their players getting older. Do you know who they brought on as their first change substitution when they were down? Who's the guy who's been playing for, for years? Milner. Milner. Milner came on as their first choice substitute to turn the game around. He's Hold my be... Zimmer frame. I'm going well, on. I think he's, he's, he's my age. I think he's 56. So I think, you know, I watched him make his debut when I was nine. You know, he 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 is old. And look, look Milner's been a fabulous sort of this isn't a criticism, a dirty rubbish footballer now comes on and kicks people. That's all mm. he's got in his locker. But they go look, they go, they're going to miss Mane, Darren. They're going to miss yeah. Mane. I think Mane was in, in some ways, and I've got a lot of friends who are Liverpool fans. Mane was in in some ways the real beating heart of that team because even though Salah did a lot of the very pretty things. You speak to Liverpool fans, Mane scored most of the very important goals when a goal was required. He was also a dirty bastard who kicked everyone and elbowed everyone in the fucking head and ran up and down his wing. Um, Virgil van Dijk's, you know, a, a year older as well. And I only, I didn't realise how old he was. I hadn't really understood that he had not made it into the Premier League at the top level until he was like 27, 28. Yeah, and, and so they quite so good after a really serious injury at that age. Yeah. You know, can I just say as well, just a quickly brief aside, um, Danny Welbeck, what a fabulous performance he played. He was he was so far and away that you know nothing wrong with him. nothing apart wrong with that guy. The, apart from you and of course me, I hate football pundits. I really do. Do you know the man of the match was given to the guy that scored two goals? 
yeah, and both goals were tap-ins into empty nets at the, at the far post, you know. Welbeck was superb. I mean, I've never seen a better performance for him in all of the years he's played. Man of the match, let's give it to the goal. He's just the guy who scored two easy You're goals. talking to the guy who's got a Welbeck. I've got a Welbeck top in the oh. cupboard. I mean, I also do have a Walcott top, a Wilshire top, <laughs> and an Ainsley Maitland-Niles top. So my history of fucking Arsenal tops are... <laughs> They're not fucking. They're not fucking superb. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm not surprised to see those sorts of performances from from that guy, Danny. He's a wonderful player, a wonderful technician. Arsenal's one of Arsenal's best periods in modern football was actually while Welbeck was fit, and we were playing Sanchez up front with Welbeck on the left and Walcott on the right, and we were fucking dominating. You know, you couldn't get you couldn't get Welbs off the ball. He's a, he's a, he was a he was a wonderful player and he really got the best out of Sanchez so as well. Let's get back on track because we've done an hour and you know I only like to do an hour. Um, yeah. I noticed even put the the big uh, podcast, Arscast and all that now, I do it like an hour and three quarters and I think, oh, fuck off. I don't want to listen to you rabbit on about the same shit for an hour and three quarters. Fuck off. Keep it to an hour. That's all they can do with us. And we even put a nice little break in the middle. Yes. Uh, well, we just in case get, you fancied a cup of tea. Yeah, just get an advert. <laughs> this, is, this is like an ad break, but we're not big enough to get adverts put in. So where, where do you think? Because I think, I'm not saying we can finish above Manchester City and Liverpool. Let me get that straight. I'm hoping we will, obviously, but I don't think we will. But what I'm saying this year is I think that this season, I'm not sure there will be runaway two teams like there was last year. I think the quality throughout the league is better than I think Liverpool and Manchester City, along with all of us, will drop points this year. I think it will be a very exciting year. If Manchester City do get on a run, no one will catch them. And and it's then best of the rest from second downwards rather than from third downwards. So I'm thinking we're going to finish third. So I can, only look, I can only look at it with this vector. We have to look at it and say... Let's make the assumption that no one is injured from any team, right? Because as we know, injuries play a, a, a huge part. And if, say, for example, Jesus goes down, we are really faced with an Eddie Nketia decision. I'm not slagging off Eddie. I think no, he's no, going to. I, I think he, I think Eddie will come on this year, learning from Jesus, and I think that's the best outcome that. Eddie plays the early Europa games and he plays the FA Cup games and that Jesus... But if Jesus goes down, you know, we go from having a steak on our plate to having a kebab at 3am. There's nothing fucking wrong with a kebab at 3am, but you can't have a fucking kebab every night. You know, and, and for me, that's what Eddie is at, at this stage. But presuming that that nothing major happens, presuming there's no major major problems of any description... Um, I think, based on purely squad alone, I think Arsenal will finish third. I'll tell you another thing. I don't actually fucking think it matters because I reckon we're going to win the Europa League. I do. I reckon we're going to win the fucking Europa League. You're on mute. All I can see that is going wrong with, with the, that is that we do get a... Someone of the big Chelsea's or someone or Tottenham comes down out of the Champions League and fucks us up because there's no mm. one in the Europa League we should be scared of. Manchester United. Yeah, but you know, I looked at someone pulled that statistic the other week and it's like 
I, I think it's only happened like twice in fucking 10 years or something where a team coming down out of the Champions League has won. Yeah, but they've done for us. You know, no, I know. Three, I know. Uh, I've just, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a feeling, Darren. That Arsenal team, that Arsenal squad, has quite a lot of cup experience, and it does well in cups. You know, a much shitter team made it to a final, and yes, got spanked by fucking Chelsea, but a much shitter team made it to a final. Yeah, and a team that should have gone, great. and a team that should have gone fucking further, got knocked out in the semi. As I mean, well. a good season for us will be to qualify for the Champions League. However, we do it, and I really do look at that Europa League and think this is a this is something we're going to you know we can win. we we absolutely we should. We, 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 I think I think I think high fucking I think high priority, Darren. High priority, and I mean high priority at the expense of FA Cup runs. For me, we've had, I know, I love the FA Cup, Darren. You and I have been through this before. We're both big lovers of the FA Cup. We both think that every trophy is a trophy and anyone who says any trophy has any less weight than another trophy is a fucking lunatic. I think we've got the squad to do it now. I really do. I, I think I don't, I don't, th- do I don't think we do. I don't think I don't, we do. I don't I mean, think don't... we have, I don't think we have the squad for four competitions. I think you have to prioritize two competitions. I, I mean, League Cup, Darren, I'd be, League Cup, I'd be putting up fucking hail end and just saying go for it see what you can do i'd do old-fashioned arson wenger you know put out all the kids and and see how far you go well, fa I'm cup I, we have a lovely day at wembley watching the fa cup final this year okay. i just i th- i I've, I've got a, i've got a funny i have this funny feeling down that we'd end up finishing fifth and not by much right this is my and, and this isn't what i'm hoping for arsenal fans but this is my feeling is that we end up finishing fifth and and not by much so you predict we, we're going to finish third and fifth, okay? No, no, no. I think we're going to. I think if what I said was, if there are no fucking injuries, which is very unlikely, specifically if there are if if, if Jesus can be fit for seventy percent of the games that he would have been likely to play, then I think third is is very much on the cards for us, very much on the cards, and it should be an, an aspirational. An aspirational goal. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's the end of the world if we come fifth because the top five, six teams of the Premier League are very fucking competitive. The Premier League itself is very competitive. It's very deep. And you really saw last season when Arteta was able to put together a fit team for an extended period of time, that team won. And when players like Thomas Party came out of that team, it was very difficult to maintain those structures with new players coming in. I don't think that changes whoever's playing. We spoke in a podcast last year about there is no, you can't replace time spent on the pitch together with time spent on the training ground together. You know, you saw Wenger, you know, Wenger always used to have a very, very set, you know, 13, 14 players that he would run out with. Mourinho was very much built that way. Small squads all kept fit. Leicester, when they won the league, small squad, all very fit. I was reading the other day, despite City's incredible, massive depth squad, I think they used 16 players in the Premier League last season or something like that. So it very much comes down to fitness. It very much comes down to cohesion. And all, like I said, all things considered, fully fit Arsenal right now, I think is better than what Tottenham's got. And I think it's better than what Chelsea's got at the moment, even though Chelsea's names on paper might sound good. I don't think it's cohesive. Well, I've changed my prediction. Until we finish this podcast, I've changed my prediction. I think we're going to win the league. Yep. Well, cancer has definitely fried your fucking brain because that's never going to happen. But <laughs> I, I love, I love the fucking, 
optimism. Um, that's it. That's it for us. We try and do an hour. This is for for um, people who don't follow us on Facebook. Those who only follow us on Facebook won't fucking hear this because I've got banned off Facebook. Um, but I'll be back. 13 days and 18 hours, it told me, Darren, when I tried to post it to Facebook. Came up saying, you have been banned for being a cunt. Another 13 days. I've been gone for 50 fucking 43 days. Third, fifth, Ryan. Uh... Yeah. Um, but this is going to be our time slot. Um, it's probably not the most conducive time slot to getting live listeners because in the UK, it's going to be like, 11 o'clock in the afternoon. I have no idea what fucking time well, it is. you can't have 11 o'clock in the afternoon, can you? Uh, 11 o'clock in yeah. the afternoon doesn't exist, okay? It does exist because it's 11 o'clock in the afternoon. It's not. It's 11 o'clock in the evening or 11 o'clock in the morning. You can't have 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Because it's afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And at the moment, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So you know, to get, warm, to get warmed up for this, Darren, I thought, oh, watch our last episode. And I watched our last episode we did, and it was you, me, and uh, Ask Bros Ryan. And I spent really? the first ten spent the first ten minutes of the, the conversation. Ryan, yeah, yeah. I spent the first ten minutes of the conversation talking about when you get erections that are slightly bigger than your regular erection, and you're like, "Oh, it's there's extra erection there." And then you came on the podcast. Asked me what we'd been talking about. I told you we've been talking about erections. You said, well, I'm glad I missed the start of the podcast. And by the way, your Arsenal jersey is back to front, you fucking idiot. Back to front and inside out. So this is the caliber that our listeners can expect to get from us uh, this season. And um, also, you know, for those who listen to us regularly, I will most likely press the wrong button when I'm um, getting out of here. But we're going to try not to. So 8 p.m., on a fucking Thursday. It's Thursday night live, it's, but in the future, in Australia, it's fucking th- Or is it Wednesday? It's Tuesday. It's oh, Tuesday. Fuck, have to do a whole new banner. <laughs> have to do a whole new fucking banner. And I can't do next Tuesday. Well, we'll do another fucking day then. We'll, we'll <laughs> work it out. I might. Anyway, it's going to be this time. On one of the days of the week, it could be 11 o'clock in the afternoon. It could be 12 p.m. in the morning. You don't know what it's going to be. Everyone could be called fucking Ryan, right? You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. There's fucking curveballs. There's conversation. There may be a game literally the night before. And Darren and I may not even talk about anything that happened in the game because we don't talk about games. We don't really talk about people who scored goals. Because if you want to know who scored the goals, go watch a fucking game, you stupid cunts. Go watch the fucking mini. Watch some highlights. These fucking podcasts were like, let's break down the game. Oh, fucking Tierney passed it to fucking Ben White who passed over time. No one fucking cares. What you want is opinions. Good opinions, bad opinions, and dick jokes. I've got so many dick jokes. Like Lots of dick jokes. Fucking erections, titty jokes. Jokes about women that you shouldn't have shagged when you did shag them. Times you got herpes. There's so much that's going to happen this season. You can get rid of herpes now. It's just two pills. It's just two pills. You get rid of herpes. It's never gone forever. It's never gone forever. But you won't see it and no one will fucking know. I'll see you next week. This is
is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button.